Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Whether you're buying a gift for your sugar baby or just for yourself, you can get 50% off at adamandeve.com when you enter the code CANDY at checkout. And that's not all. Adam and Eve will include 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item all partners can enjoy. Plus, you'll receive six free spicy movies. But the best part is the free shipping. You can get all of this at adamandeve.com using code CANDY at checkout. That's C-A-N-D-Y. So Shelby, what are you getting me? Candy Girl Podcast. Fuck me, Daddy. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Candy Girl. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm your co-host, Emily. And today we're interviewing Sophia the Goddess. Sophia, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Hi, guys. So uh, my name is Sophia the Goddess. Um, I'm from Canada. That's as specific as I'm going to get, but <laughs> I am a Canadian friend here and um I've been doing sex work in some capacity for about seven years now, all different types. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm 27. So yeah, I've been doing this stuff since I was around 20. That's when I started. And yeah. Sophia reached out to us um, through our email and she just sent us a little message like, hey, I love the show. And then um we didn't really hear back from her for a couple months. And then she emailed us again and was like, Hey, still listening. And we were like, you should come on and talk to us. And she was very enthusiastic about it. So we're super excited to have her on. Um, I guess first to start off, tell us how you got into sex work. Okay. So, um, like I said, when I was around 20, um, I had, you know, done every (laughs) part-time crappy, whatever type job that you can imagine. Um, at that point in my life, And I was, I guess, a year into my undergrad or so, and I really wanted to, like, focus all of my time and energy on my studies um, as much as possible. So, you know, trying to squeeze in five, eight-hour shifts at McDonald's every week or, you know, (laughs) the video store or the bar or, you know, I had, like, 8,000 different part-time jobs and trying to fit all of that in with and also, you know, kind of get the kind of grades that I wanted and go take my life in the direction that I wanted it to go in. It wasn't really feasible. So I had always kind of been interested in the idea of like different types of sex work. I'm not really sure whatever drew me in that direction because like (laughs) it definitely didn't have anything to do with like growing up being exposed to it or anything like that, at least not on purpose. But obviously there was I was being at in some capacity and I'd always kind of had that idea in the back of my head as like something I was interested in trying. And then, you know, I had a couple friends who were into it in different capacities and I just kind of picked their brains and jumped in, I guess. Um, And since then I've been, I've always done some form of sex work it's really evolved over time um but yeah getting into it was just kind of a blind leap I guess (laughs) like an interest and a blind leap (laughs) so from there how did that like work out for you honestly I'm lucky I've had pretty much I would say 99% of my time in this line of work has been extremely positive um like I said it's definitely developed over time and I can talk about how that kind of happened at any point that you guys want me to. But yeah, it it started off very positive. Um, Obviously, everybody has good days and bad days. So there was some of that. But I've always really, truly enjoyed Like at this point in my life now, like I don't, I definitely have other options, but I just always keep coming back to this. And I, I truly love it, especially what I'm doing now. I love what I'm doing now. So yeah, it's just always been great, great to me so far. <laughs> what are you doing right now? So right now, um, I'm doing a couple different things. Um, so I guess part of like my development into this line of work is when I started, I was just kind of doing like the typical things. I ha- I wasn't super well versed in like 
the fetish world or anything like that. Like I didn't even know much about it. I was just kind of doing the, the normal, not normal, but non-fetishy type stuff. And then um, for about four or five years, I switched from kind of the more mainstream lines of sex work to kind of like a sugar dating relationship. Um, I had one great, 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 great uh, sugar relationship through that entire time. And that allowed me to have the time and energy to pursue a lot of other things that I was interested in, including my education, but also I'm like super, super into training, strength training, um, all that kind of stuff. And I guess through that, on my own personal Instagram that has nothing to do with my um, sex work, a lot of men were reaching out to me on there about all kinds of different stuff that I'd never heard of um, and didn't even know existed. And then once I was kind of finished with that relationship and still interested in pursuing some sort of sex work in some capacity, that's when I started looking into all that stuff and kind of like like the stuff that they were asking me about was like you know do you think you could lift me over your head or like do you think you could crush my head like a watermelon like between your legs like stuff like that that I had no idea was wait real quick so can you yeah I mean yeah I could (laughs) (laughs) actually a head would probably be easier than a watermelon I have to like control myself when I'm doing it because I probably could literally like pop someone's head off <laughs> so that's literally Shelby's entire fitness goal I know somebody said that to me last night he said I want you to crush my head between your thighs and I was like oh my god yes <laughs> yeah so much more of a thing than I ever thought so once I found out about about all that I was like frick like I have a really big following on my normal Instagram just from all the other stuff that I do and I was like I could make something out of this like and at least this is like this is like literally specifically my niche like not everyone can do this it's because I've put five years into getting strong and building muscle and all that kind of stuff it's like this literally ties in my two biggest passions together and makes makes me a, a niche which I never was before and I always had thought like if I had some sort of niche, like this would be so much easier. So I found out that there was, there's an actual website, like literally specifically just catering to this type of experience. Um, So the stuff that I do right now, like there's no um, sexual contact at all. There's, I mean, every girl's different in terms of like nudity, but like, I don't even do any full uh, nudity in my sessions. They're not meant to provide any sort of like sexual release they're literally just meant to be there's different types but they're meant to be focused on muscle fetish in some capacity whether that be like a lot of it is like oftentimes it's wrestling and I I loved your episode with oh no I forget her name but oh practice cutie right she talked about the wrestling stuff and I'm like yeah exactly (laughs) that's what I was talking about yeah so a lot of it is like that some of it is just straight up like muscle worship like massage and literally just like touching your muscles and then sometimes lifting carry is another really uh popular type of session where you literally lift guys up and carry them around (laughs) what what is what is what is a man's favorite way to be carried? Like, what are the most popular Like ways? a princess? Is it like a firefighter? Um, yes, firefighter is super, super popular. A lot of guys ask about overhead, um, but they would have to be really small for me to... Where you're just like, I think this is a bench press. <laughs> bench press, yeah. That I could do with a, a pretty large man, probably. Actually, like, I've done shoulder rides which is another really popular one with like men who are up to 300 pounds so up to 300 pounds yeah yeah so and I've like squatted down with them and everything so I would say most of the guys who are into lifting carry cradle is like a good place that they always want to start and I honestly find this to be like one of the most wholesome fetishes I've ever heard of because like they honestly literally just 
want to feel like you're like their superhero or something like and I just think that's such a wholesome way that they view women I really love it so I find the kind of guys who are into this kind of stuff are like really nice kind giving generous respectful men usually question yes do you think this has anything to do with the fact that you're based out of Canada where there's literally a stereotype for being too nice and polite honestly um I get inquiries and I get people traveling from all over the world so I would love for us to take credit for that but I don't think that we can (laughs) damn this is my favorite form of sex work I've decided I'm so jazzed it's really like I said it's really wholesome and it's really like out of everything I've ever done it makes me feel the most I guess, good about myself, like, just because you really feel like you're, like I said, like, you're someone's hero or something, like, it's, like, (laughs) it's really, it, it like, (laughs) goes back to, I've, like, I've heard a lot of things where, like, you know, sometimes people's fetishes are, like, established in childhood, do you think it goes back to just, you know, being held as, like, a kid, or, yes, some of it does, I've asked, I almost, especially with lift and carry, but with all muscle fetishy kind of guys, I guess I love to pick their brain and ask them, like, do you know, like, what got you into this? Do you know why you like this? And, you know, obviously a good number of them just say, like, I don't know. I just like it. But a lot of them can pinpoint exact moments. And my favorite one that I ever heard, and this was from, like, literally a huge man, (laughs) which is why I part of the reason why I was so fascinated to like know why he likes this stuff and he said he remembers the exact moment and it was like on a school playground when he was like young like seven to ten type age where a bully was picking on him and then a girl came up and like kind of like knocked the bully out and overpowered him kind of thing and he said ever since then he's just loved strong women who can like I guess defend him defend themselves just yeah he's into strength ever since then and obviously I think that's adorable (laughs) but so much so much of toxic masculinity just like denies basic human needs like just wanting to feel safe yes exactly and that's what I always think is like yeah you know these guys deserve to feel safe and protected too if that's what they like and if it is like what a what a sign that you're comfortable in your own masculinity and you're comfortable in your own sexuality you know the fact that you're able to like voice this preference and be so open about it like I just have a lot of respect for that (laughs) this is so wholesome it is it really is (laughs) I mean obviously there's a lot of like sexual aspects to it too it's a fetish right but like this side of it um I find just very endearing and it's very easy to like develop good rapport and relationships in this type of uh sex work whereas you know with some of the stuff that I did before it was a lot more cut and dry which is fine too but I definitely have a preference for like the human side of things like the really like building a relationship in a sense Uh, side of things so I find that that works well for me too with this kind of stuff how does what you do compare to a dominatrix or is it like would you consider yourself a dominatrix you're using a lot of similar terminology yeah a lot of similar terminology like sessioning um you know appealing to fetish but I don't I just don't perceive you as a dom and I could I'm probably wrong so I think you're right to be honest I don't I'm actually like I'm personally not super dominant um I know there's a ton of crossover like the session can literally be kind of formatted literally however you want it like a lot of guys want um this they want a muscular woman doing the more dom type stuff to them if that makes sense like they seek you out on this site because they like the look of like a big strong muscular woman but they want activities that are more dom like and that's not I don't know enough about that kind of stuff like again listening to some of your other podcasts like there's so much that goes into that that I'm generally not comfortable with 
offering that kind of stuff. There are, there are things that I am comfortable with um, just because I've had enough experience with them by now that I do feel comfortable with it. And I do enjoy it. Like a lot of like the CBT stuff, like that is a definite crossover. Um, and that is something that I have a lot of experience with. So yeah, like there's definitely parts of it that crossover, but I wouldn't say every girl who does like wrestling sessions is also a dom or that you can't find just straight up doms who like advertise on that site just because they have that look like there's such a huge crossover between I mean even this and every other type of sex work like every every provider on there is different so it's really kind of just a matter of like comfort level experience level and just finding um, the person who matches what you're looking for and and the site that we all use makes it really easy because you can basically just like spell it out (laughs) you know say like these are the things I'm comfortable with these are the things don't even ask me about and if you can follow these instructions then hit me up and we can go from there kind of thing when are in your experience since you've been involved in sex work for seven years when you list out things that you're definitely not up to does it tend to be things that you know you've tried out and you're like "Mm, this isn't really for me or is it you know mostly things where you're like this is my line. I never want to like go this far. Why the fuck are you even asking me this? Um, I never get mad about anyone asking me anything, um, unless it's asked in a disrespectful way, obviously. But if it's asked respectfully, I never have an issue with someone asking because I know like, especially like if you've never done this kind of thing before, like guys might seriously just not know. So as long as they follow all my rules that are clearly stated on my profile, they can ask me anything as long as they politely accept the answer. But my lines, um, for me, myself personally, it's not that I've tried the stuff and I don't like it. It's that now that I'm focusing my time, energy, effort, putting the work in to provide this specific type of experience. I don't feel the need to cross certain lines um, that blur this dynamic. Like to me, the dynamic for this is I'm in control of this session. I'm I'm the one who has the, you, you kind of have to have this persona where it's like, hey, I'm the one who looks the way that you fetishize. So I make the rules, you're, I mean, I'm just kind of going into persona, which feels weird for me when I'm not doing a session, but I make the rules. You're lucky that you even get to be in a room with me for an hour because I'm literally the person that you've like put on this pedestal for your entire life. So we do what I say (laughs) and you will enjoy it because you've wanted to be around someone like me your entire life and now you are. So enjoy just that fact and whatever else happens from there is you know, should be a bonus. Like, that's kind of how I approach it when I'm going into it. Like, I love that. I feel like people should adopt that mindset, you know, with any, like, I guess all the time, in general, to everyone. Yeah. (laughs) And, and know that what you're bringing to the table has value and make sure that anyone that you allow to be around you at all sees the value in it. And that's kind of, it's more of a respect thing for me, I guess. It's like, I want to know that I'm seeing people that respect all the time, effort, and work that I've put in to get to this point. Um, And if all they care about is like coming in and spending 10 minutes and getting off or something, then no, that's not what we've put all this work in for at this point (laughs) for me. Wait, so will guys really just come? I'm assuming it's, is it safe to assume that your client base is mostly male? Yeah. Yeah. I've had, um, I've for the online stuff, I've had a lot of women and I think that's just because they're not super comfortable. Like they're nervous. I know there's women interested in this stuff just because like I said, with any online work I've done, I've had tons of women. Um, and then, you know, they'll, they'll usually message because the online stuff I do is very interactive. So they'll message and like with the men, I kind of like to get their stories and what they're into and stuff. Like I've done a lot of like cam 
sessions and stuff with women. Um, and they usually just say they're too intimidated to like see someone in real life, but that they like fantasize about it a lot and stuff like that. So um, I have had um, couples come where the man wants to see the woman lifted and carried instead. So that's definitely happened. But in, in person, no, it's, it's mainly men. Men of all ages, shapes, sizes, heights, weights, <laughs> etc. But and ages, ages surprises me a lot, like from like 20 years old to like 80 years old. <laughs> A muscle fetish is a muscle fetish, apparently. <laughs> Been around for years. Damn, I really want a girl to beat me up. Like that's my that's my type of woman. Is like a woman who could beat me up. <laughs> yeah, I think um, a lot of women are like that. A lot of women who are into women um, are like that, which is pretty cool. Like I definitely have no issue with that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very excited. This podcast inspired me to seek out a dominatrix in Denver where I'm moving. Obviously I've never done it before, but you know, I feel like I should see a dungeon sooner rather than later. And you know, you find out about <laughs> what they have to drink there. It's like, you're <laughs> they don't have LaCroix. I'm leaving. <laughs> Just make sure you put that on your little questionnaire and I'm sure they'll make sure they have it for you. <laughs> Oh my god. They all have like some type of sparkling water, so I'll be more surprised if they don't have it. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure I'm sure you won't leave disappointed for any no, reason. I just including the water. This podcast has shown us our preferred services. Like you're gonna go see a dominatrix and I want someone to throw me. Physically throw you? I wanna be physically thrown. Yeah, I I do a lot of that too. So you'll be able to find someone who can throw you. Yes! <laughs> Oh my god, goes in oftentimes with like wrestling sessions, like they'll ask if you can do like some super complicated throws, but I've also just done like straight up, like pick the dude up and toss him as far as I can across the room. Just yes, yes. Like, that's what I want a woman yeah. to do. <laughs> Literally. And then often I'm like, man, like this is too fun. Like how <laughs> how am I getting paid for this? Like I literally just go toss someone as far as I can like I just got my workout in for the day like <laughs> yeah so Sophia I wanted to ask you about how your fitness journey has coincided with your sex work journey yeah so like it's funny because neither would probably have been possible without the other I guess um because like I said like I I was always into like sports and stuff growing up but then once I started school obviously like like I was telling you guys at first having like 20 different part-time jobs and trying to work like 40 hours a week between them and then trying to get good grades because I knew I wanted to go on and do some graduate level type stuff so I always had to be super focused on my grades I never would have had time to um even probably have just a casual gym going um experience let alone like to the level that I've brought in it where like it's literally like I'm at an elite level and it's like my entire life um I was only able to do that because like I said I was able to um not only give up part-time jobs but then I was even able to give up like sex work where I had to be doing any sort of like administrative tasks because I was lucky and you know people talk about finding a whale or a unicorn well <laughs> I definitely found that um, and that literally allowed me to put 100% of my time effort and energy into school and training so that's like all I did um, for five years uh, until I finished school and then once I was done school um, and another thing that I've one thing your podcast has honestly really helped me with, to be honest, is like hearing a lot of the girls talk about how they like it almost to the point where they feel guilty. It's like I've felt that way my entire experience. Like I'm finally coming to terms with it now where I'm just like, if this is what I like doing, then this is what I like doing. Like, yeah, I went, I did all the right things. I got the right education that everyone says that you're supposed to get I got the job that everyone says you're supposed to get but I keep 
coming back to this and I enjoy it more than anything else I've tried to do in my life. And yeah, listening to your podcast has really helped me because it's like, okay, other people feel like this too. And it's like, if we love it, why shouldn't we? Like, what's wrong with that? Like nothing, obviously, (laughs) but in your own head, it's like you always, it's like you're trained to just think of this as a step. Like this always has to be some sort of step to something else. Right. But for me, I'm starting to think it's not like (laughs) I'm starting to think it's not a step. It's a destination and one that I'm really happy with for now. So sorry, that was a little sidebar, but it's just something that I've thought a lot about from listening to your podcasts. But yeah, no, um, these two aspects of my life both have allowed the other, like the fitness stuff has allowed me to get to the point I want to be at in sex work and sex work allowed me to get to the point that I wanted to be at with all my training goals. So yeah, you can't, at this point, I can't have one without the other. They're totally completely inner interlocked and rely on each other and can't have one without the other right now. My whole heart. I I loved everything that you just said. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Thanks. I'm glad. It was from the heart. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're hoping. (laughs) Emily, you had some questions written down. Yes. As I go through interviews, I type down questions so I don't forget them. Awesome. Um, So, man, I have like like several questions that I need to get through. I think the one that I'm most like inclined to find out about is I've never wrestled with anyone. So what's a wrestling session like? And then a follow-up question is, you know, how like, like when my boyfriend and I wrestle, he like lets me win. So like, are you ever supposed to let the guy win or is he always supposed to lose? Do they ever get competitive? Like, they really think they can like win. Yes. Okay. So there are all different types of wrestling sessions. I do all except full competitive because I don't want to actually get hurt (laughs) uh, and injured and then, you know, screw my training up for the stuff that I'm actually training for. That's actually like not important because it's all important, but I don't want some dude to come in and like you know, twist my arm or something, and then I can't train for three months. So I don't do full competitive. Some women do. I do semi-competitive, and then I do what's kind of referred to as more like fantasy wrestling sessions. So with semi-competitive, yeah, that's where you get a lot of the guys who are actually, like, I have a couple guys who I see regularly who actually want me to go, like, 100%, and they want to kind of go as hard as they can, and see like they actually want to try to beat me they would never want me to let me let them win never they'd be mad if I let them win because they actually want to try to beat me they never have (laughs) Um, but they actually want to try and some of them are actually like a little challenging for me but that I would say is less common um, than the guys who want more of the like fantasy wrestling experience and with that it's more like I don't go all out. I start really slow. It's more just kind of like teaching them. Like I put them in a lot of like scissor holds and then I go 10% and then I go 20% and then they tap out when they need to tap out. And then we take a little break and then I teach them a body scissor. Same thing. I increase pressure till they tap. If they have a favorite one, we'll do that a bunch of times, but it's not really an actual like back and forth, like the semi-competitive where we're actually like keeping score, tapping out, there's a winner, there's a loser, like, that's kind of more just, like, a nice, flowy, like, session of, it's a good way for people to dip their toes in, I guess, like, like you said, if you've never wrestled before, or even for the guys who have, but they're just not competitive people, they just want to kind of experience strength in that way, Um, that's a lot more common, I would never let someone win, (laughs) that's just not, (laughs) an undefeated bad bitch right here, Uh uh-huh, Like, I just don't have, I'm very competitive, so I would never let someone win. If someone beat me, I would be very impressed and very shocked. Um, It hasn't happened yet, but (laughs) I'm sure it could happen if someone came in and actually had, like, a ton of, like, technical skills and was bigger, but usually they only have one or the other, so I can usually beat them. But 
No. Um, I mean, maybe there's guys who would want you to let them win. I've luckily never met one. Like most of the guys I meet, like they'd be mad if I let them win. Now I will give for the guys who I see more regularly, I give them like, I'm not sure even what it's called, but I give them little advantages. Like I'll give them like a five point advantage to start, or I'll give them like, I'll tell them I'm only going to go 60% and they can go a hundred. Like I'll do stuff like that just to make it more fun. Cause you know, for the people I see more regularly, like I've already smashed them 20 million times. Like <laughs> you got to kind of add some variety. So I'll like find ways to play around with it to make it more challenging for me. Um, but no, I would never just like straight up let someone win. So a whole new meaning <laughs> for the word smash. Um, obviously. <laughs> Literally meaning, <laughs> literally smash them into the ground. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that one, not going to lie. That was good. That was good. Thanks, guys. Um, obviously, I have follow-up questions. One, is there a point system? Uh, there's a few different ones, yeah. <laughs> um, I usually just keep it simple, like best three matches out of five or best five out of eight or something like that. But there's like more complex point systems. If guys want to get into all that, like they have to tell me in advance and they have to know what they're talking about. Cause I'm not going to take the time to learn like jujitsu, <laughs> like scoring system official or something like that. But I have, I've, <laughs> this one guy keeps popping into my head the whole time I'm talking about this. Cause I do have one guy I see regularly who's like very competitive and he, it's like a point of pride for him. Like there's nothing sexual about this to him whatsoever. Like he literally just <laughs> wants to see if he can ever beat anyone. <laughs> it's kind of cute. Cause he like really keeps track of it all in his head. He's like a wrestling, like super fan just in general um so he's like kind of introduced me to like some of the more complicated point systems but most of them like they just want to come in learn some holds be around a super strong woman maybe get some lifts and some throws in <laughs> at that point it just sounds like you're i don't know his personal trainer like yeah <laughs> like almost the coach like and then another thing that i just kind of wanted to follow up on so i'm like imagining all these holds but I'm assuming it's not in a dungeon. Like, what what does this space do this, like, look like? Is it wrestling mats everywhere? Yeah, usually. Usually, yes. Um, I'll ask them beforehand. Like, well, it depends. Like, if I usually only do one or two weekends a month, and I sell those entire weekends out every single time. Like, there's such a high demand for this that I really try to like squeeze everything into like a short amount of time um so if I if on the rare occasion I was only seeing like maybe two or three sessions for a weekend I'd probably ask them all if they wanted mats because I also session like four hours away from where I actually live so I wouldn't want to like cart all that shit with me if nobody wanted to use it if that makes sense like if all I had was muscle worship and lift and carry then okay I'll just carry them and throw them onto a bed or something I don't need to cart all my mats there but if it's wrestling um yeah I bring actual wrestling mats I make sure I get a room with like a ton of extra space I've actually done like private sessions in actual like boxing gyms and stuff before too um it kind of just depends what kind of stuff they want to do but I have everything I need if they want like a full-on like <laughs> mats and wrestling and everything I have all that stuff has anybody like ever approached you and just asked you like role play a really specific like movie or wrestling match yeah I've had um well, maybe not super specific to the point where they're naming actual movies, but like lots of stuff where they're like, okay, I want to come in and like pretend like you're my boss and I screwed this assignment up. So you just like wrestle the living shit out of me or like pretend you're my personal trainer. I get this one all the time. Like this is probably the most common one. I think because it's like a nice little like for beginners, it like helps them kind of like segue into it. They're I guess playing a part they feel less awkward but like they'll do, yeah they ask do the whole like okay you're my trainer and I can't get this one move right over and over again or we're stretching and like I do something inappropriate or something like that a lot of them like to have that little like lead in I do have one guy I haven't seen him yet but he sent me a lot of money for like 
online type stuff and he's like really into like costumes like he sent pictures uh, to me of like past sessions he's done where he's like dressed like an alien and stuff (laughs) he likes like all the costumes some guys are like really into that side of it I have not encountered many of them at this point well while he's dressed as an alien like what are you also dressed as an alien or can't even remember I honestly don't even remember like what the point of him being dressed like an alien was (laughs) Or what she, like, the person he was sessioning with, like, what they were dressed as or anything. I just remember him being like, want to see the one session I did where I was dressed as an alien? I'm like, okay, sure. Picture, I'm like, oh, nice, cool. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I wouldn't even know how to respond to that. Yeah. You want to see me in an alien costume? (laughs) Usually they just want to hear it. Cool. (laughs) Nice. I feel like that's the thing I've noticed so much through this podcast and interviewing sex workers is they get put in such weird positions that I literally have no idea how I would react in. And like these sex workers do it all the time. Yeah, a lot of it is just like thinking on your feet because the last thing you ever want to do is like shame someone for even like inadvertently for like a kink that they have. I will shame them if they reach out to me on like my actual personal Instagram like I don't I think it's rude to approach someone that way so maybe then but like if they're approaching you when you put yourself out there like the last thing I ever want to do is like make someone feel awkward for something that they enjoy because really like they're not hurting anyone they're going about it the right way they've come to the right place so you do really have to be able to like think on your feet and like control your reactions Um, because that's the only way you're ever going to get people to open up to you. And like, I want them to, everyone's different, but I want them to open up to me. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know what's missing in their lives that's made them come seek this out. And I, as long as it's something I'm comfortable with, I want to provide that to them. So yeah, you have to like really learn how to like control your facial expressions too, because you never know when some person's going to choose that moment to open up and tell you this thing they're into that like you've never heard in your life and just sounds so crazy to you. And then it's like, if you're like, wow, what the fuck? Then they'll probably never tell anyone that again, <laughs> including you. So yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of like thinking on your feet and reacting in a controlled manner. Yeah. How often do guys like ask you to do sex work like through your personal Instagram with no knowledge of you being a sex worker? Oh, all the time. Literally. Okay. So interestingly enough, so I, I was kind of telling you guys um, when we were emailing back and forth that like, I'm like, having done this for seven years, I'm like, do, like to do everything the old fashioned way. Like I have to be drag kicking and screaming into every like new technological development. I'm like, why can't it all just stay the way it was when I started seven years ago? Like the classic like boomer, even though I'm 27, like can't we keep things how they were? But so I finally, <laughs> when like quarantine and everything started, I finally made an OnlyFans, like which even my own me, outside of sex work like people have been telling me to do that like in my normal life for like years just because of like I'll post screenshots of weird creeper conversations on my own personal Instagram all the time like weird stuff people ask me and people are always like you should just like make one like because I have a big following on that and everything and so since making one I don't post it anywhere on my personal Instagram or anything like that I only advertise stuff that's connected to my sex work but I do cherry pick people off there like if someone's messaged me 20 times and I've ignored them 20 times I just send them the link like and if they don't subscribe then I just block them and honestly I've had like 100% almost success rate with that so um, that just kind of goes to show like (laughs) how many people there are who will just approach someone totally normal like out of nowhere uh, just because they look a certain way and assume that that means that well a lot of them probably just think that we don't realize it's a fetish so we'll just answer the questions which I did kind of do like before I knew 
Um, but now that I know, no, fuck that. Here's my link. Pay, <laughs> pay up. If you want to know how much I weigh, if you want to know how tall I am, if you want to know if I could lift you above my head, if you want to know how big my biceps are, okay, pay, <laughs> then you'll find out, right? Like, are there so few muscular women that it's this sought after? Like, do you think, you know, people in, I guess the like fitness side of your profession who, like, aren't sex workers, do you think they get asked to do sex work pretty often? Oh, yeah. Oh, they do. Like, I'm very close with, like, tons of people, obviously, like, women that I compete with, against, train with, etc. We all, <laughs> hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of women who are just trying to go about their lives, <laughs> live their lives and lift some weights, they just randomly get asked to r- wrestle someone, beat someone up, kick someone in the balls, lift someone over their head, like literally daily. Like it's, it's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. I have a follow-up question to that because in sex work is, I mean, at its core to be sexy and to sell sex to somebody. And I feel like the ideal woman is somebody who's very fragile and delicate and thin and has thin features and very Eurocentric. So how have you found yourself to be like sexy as a woman who isn't like all of these features and instead you're strong and you're muscular? Yeah, that's another thing um, that, I mean, hmm. I guess, yeah, so when, when I started, I looked like the person that you just described. I was just kind of the typical, like you said, I was very thin. I was tall, thin, kind of straight up and down with boobs and a butt, like, you know, like you find everywhere. And then I just kind of, I had a, when my focus shifted from, I t- and I talk about this a lot just in general, like when my focus shifted from like what my body looked like to what my body could do, um, I felt like I found a lot of self-love that way. And I, at that point in my life, I didn't really care like who liked it, who didn't. I was just like, well, I need my body to do X, Y, Z. And if it's going to do X, Y, Z, it's got to look like this. So I can either love my body for doing what I want it to or I can hate how it looks and be miserable, but it's still going to look that way because I love doing this and I'm not going to stop. So I just kind of said, you know what, like muscles are sexy. Being strong is sexy. Like, and then, you know, when you see, like, when you see how many, not that it should matter, but yeah, it's a confidence boost when you realize like, okay, I love myself this way. And there's also like a huge, 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 amount of people who who love it too and who literally worship it and fetishize it and think about it nonstop every day and will you know follow you to the ends of the earth like that's the big difference between like my clientele now and my clientele when I started is like these dudes will literally travel across the world they will <laughs> bring you gifts they will like <laughs> you know they will spoil the living shit out of you like you are like their dream woman that they cannot find anywhere else so I mean it's kind of hard to (laughs) not have some confidence when that's what you're literally surrounding with yourself with daily so like do you ever get random marriage proposals oh yeah (laughs) I have one on my latest Instagram post oh my god nice (laughs) literally just said marry me (laughs) but no I get stuff like that all the time like even from people that I've seen like they'll be like my dream is to meet a woman like you and marry her and I'm like well that's not gonna happen but (laughs) (laughs) usually I just say oh you're so sweet what a good boy you are okay have a good one (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah but no yes all the time (laughs) so I might have misheard but I think that you kind of wanted to talk a little bit about body hair am I oh yes yes I did that was another episode where I was like oh my god like the crossovers are just so cool when you realize like how many things crossover from different aspects because yeah like I 
<laughs> I'm hairy as fuck. Like I'm super hairy. And I've, you know, when I started um, doing obviously just mainstream type sex work, I was like, you know, everything had to be shaved. Everything had to be waxed. Everything, you know, I paid for laser hair removal. I did every freaking possible thing you could imagine to try to make myself into a hairless wonder. And then the crossover <laughs> between muscle fetish and like body hair fetish is so ridiculous that I would almost say like 90% of guys with a muscle fetish also have a body hair fetish. And I didn't really realize that until, like I said, I started the online, like when I started my OnlyFans, I posted one picture where and honestly, it wasn't on purpose. It's just like we're in quarantine, right? So <laughs> I'm not seeing anyone. So I just like didn't bother shaving. And so I had like super hairy armpits, but I posted it anyway because I didn't give a fuck. And like, oh my God, like a hundred guys messaged me like, can you please post more stuff with body hair? Could you let your hair on your legs grow out? Do you think you could like do a bikini shot where you didn't shave down there and we could see hair down there? Like, Oh my God, the amount of messages I got about that were like out of control. So now <laughs> I just don't bother. Like if I feel like it, I do. If I don't feel like it, I don't. But I get way more preference for the times that I don't. Like they almost all love it. Like it's, I don't, I mean, I guess I understand the crossover, but like I was still surprised, but it's huge. <laughs> and it's great for me because who likes like having to make sure they shave every inch of themselves like <laughs> every time they have to do anything not me yeah well i definitely haven't so you can see here oh look at you i know it's like it's coming along a lot better than i after i was like you know what i want to grow up my armpit hair so i can dye it and then i'll shave it so yeah yeah mine's really right now too and that's what I was thinking when you were talking about like that awkward stage like I think you said like after two weeks where it just kind of like doesn't do anything I was like listening in my car and I was like yelling out like let it go for like one or two more weeks because yeah once you push through <laughs> I finally pushed through but I couldn't I couldn't do like man like my legs got my leg hair got like pretty long but and, yeah. you know, just earlier this week, I was, like, in the shower. And, like, a weird thing is, like, you know, I just I just started my new job. So I'm always wearing, like, sleeved shirts. Um, Especially because, you know, I'm not getting paid by any way. Not that it should matter, but it, it feels weird. But when I shaved my legs, I was really thinking about it. And I was, like... You know what? I honestly think it's men missing out on like just the feeling of shaved legs. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I love how much easier it is to shave too. Like once you've grown it out, it's like, I don't know if you've noticed this yet, but like trying to shave like little prickles, like you just end up with so much more like ingrown hairs and stuff. But when you let it grow out, it just shaves off like so perfectly and smoothly when yeah, and then you don't miss spots. Yeah, because, you don't like, miss spots because it's obviously there. I love that too. It's like it's so much more fun to shave when <laughs> when there's actually hair there. Like, mm -hmm. agree. So I have no idea how much longer I'm gonna let my armpit hair grow out. So I'm super long right now. It's like really soft <laughs> and long. I love it. <laughs> that I probably won't shave. For yes, Cactus Cutie said that like she liked when it grew out really long and she could almost pet it yeah <laughs> she's so cute I that's kind of like where i'm going i'm obsessed with her yeah <laughs> that's why i love you because i find so many fun people to like follow like from listening to you guys and then it's like because i was kind of saying in my emails too it's like you don't really have like people to talk to about this stuff like it's been nice with the only fans because I'm more comfortable with like people knowing about that so a lot of my close friends know about that um and that's been nice to at least be able to be open with that part of my life and I found that like that does kind of open up conversation about the other stuff a lot of times and like really if someone's your friend like you should be able to tell them that stuff but it's just 
you know, <laughs> you never know, like, and you get wary. And so it, it's just nice to like, it's cathartic listening to your show and like knowing like, it's almost like you got to have the conversation, even if you weren't there, or at least like feel like there's other people like who you can relate to, because it does suck, like, especially when you're like me, and you love it. Like, it sucks not to just be able to be like, Oh, my God, listen to this like hilarious day I had at work, like, or listen to like how much freaking money I made in a 24 hour period. I'm stoked. Like it sucks <laughs> not being able to tell people that stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. I always find it really interesting. We have conversations with people that like, you know, obviously we don't know most of our guests as well as our closest friends, but we sometimes we end up like having more intimate conversations than people have even like with their closest friends. Oh yeah, for sure. Because, well, for one thing, you're kind of like when I wanted to do this show, like I'd thought about it enough. Like I wouldn't have done it if I didn't feel like I would feel comfortable with the two of you, like being open and honest, then I just wouldn't have bothered. So it's like, you already come in expecting to like be vulnerable and like very open. So I feel like that's like a really conducive environment to have these kind of conversations. And then obviously like you kind of just, you know, who your audience is going to be too. Like, obviously there might be like, quote unquote haters listening but I really don't think most of them would bother like you're gonna your audience is gonna be like other people who are either interested and supportive of this kind of stuff or are involved in it themselves or have been involved in it themselves or even want to get involved in it so it's like you've you've got the perfect audience for the kind of stuff you want to talk about so you don't have to be as like careful I guess as you do when you're just talking to like and even with your friends, like if you haven't talked to your friends specifically about their views on sex work, like unfortunately, people can surprise you in a bad way. Like people who, it's so strange to me, like people who are so open-minded um, and, and free thinking about every other topic. So you just assume they're going to be that way about this and then they're not. It's so heart-wrenching when that happens. Um you want to find about yes I do I do work in tech I know so many people like that where I'll bring up my podcast and then they'll be like how can you encourage prostitution I'm like none of the women we have on here are trafficked like what the fuck I I know it's just crazy it's like that's the last argument people have to hang on to for this like moral thing against sex work it's the only argument they can even possibly bring up that like doesn't make them sound like a total piece of shit (laughs) but like still it's like okay I know what you're doing you're just using that because you don't like the idea of this in general and that's the only thing you can think to say and it's like when it's one thing to find that out about a random person but when you're forced to find that out about someone you're close with and realize like man, if I told this person, like, everything I've been through for the last seven years, they would judge me. They would think differently of me and not in a good way. It's like, it's a shitty thing to realize about someone that you care about and respect. So that's another reason, I guess, that I'm very wary about bringing this stuff up to close friends. But that's one way that, like, and again, this could be a whole other show. And maybe when I can get over there, it will be. But like, yes, <laughs> that's one nice thing that I think like OnlyFans, like I'm the biggest OnlyFans fan ever now after I had to get dragged into it for like years. Now I'm like, man, this is awesome. Like it's just making things more accessible for everyone, safer to be honest, um, more power to creators, less power to anyone who's profiting off of them who isn't them and just making the idea more mainstream and like making these conversations a lot easier um so I'm all for it now (laughs) that I figured out how to use it (laughs) what would you say to you know people or creators who might have been in a similar position as you where they were very reluctant to get on OnlyFans would you recommend it Honestly, yeah, I highly, 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 highly recommend it. It's so easy to use. It's really fun, to be honest. It's like, okay, if you like social media and Instagram, because 
this is why people like never understood why I didn't want to make one because I'm like obsessed with Instagram. Like my personal Instagram, I have it curated exactly how I want it. I love gaining followers. Like I love putting my message out there. I've always been obsessed with like that type of social media and OnlyFans, you really can run it just how you exactly how you run all your other social media. You just have to make sure that you get more like I've gotten a lot more like picky on what I post on social media just because I got to save something for that exclusive content, quote unquote. And I don't do like nudity or anything on my OnlyFans. So you have to just choose what's going to be exclusive, commit to making it exclusive and then market the living shit out of it. But if you can do that, like you can make so much money on there. It's fucking insane. Like I'm flabbergasted by the amount that I've made on there just starting out. And I have a friend who mentors me who's literally made like 100K in a month. In a month? Uh, there's an interview that we did where this girl consistently makes 40K a month. And I like had her repeat that number. I was like, I'm sorry, 40K, 400? Like, yes, she has had more than one month where she made over 100K. And yeah, she's been mentoring me. So obviously that's helped. Like she's literally like, I call her like the CEO of OnlyFans. Like <laughs> it's pretty helpful to have the CEO helping you when you're starting. I love the sex art community. Look at that support. Bro, I feel like, you know, people don't realize just, you know, how supportive the sex work community is. Really women are for each other. I feel like there's this stereotype where we're all like really catty. No, that and that's just like never been my experience my whole life. Like I've always cherished my female friendships, like, and I always will. Like nothing beats that level of support. It's like, <laughs> it just doesn't. Like you're just more open and more um, accepted. At least me. I mean, everyone's different, but yeah, no. My experience with female friendships has always been extremely positive. So I really don't think people get that. No, I think they think it's always a competition, but it's not. It rarely, if ever, is. Like, yeah, a lot of times people are, you know, just actively lifting each other up, just, you know, trying to help the homies. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Like, she did not have to give me all that advice, but here we are. And, you know, even like the support network within like the sessioning world, the database we all keep on like, people not to see time wasters we share it all with each other we give references like which is huge because you know it keeps everyone safe at least much safer than we would be if we didn't do all those things so yeah the dominatrix who i'm planning on seeing in denver was like needs recommendation or like needs references and i was like yeah, it's. <laughs> Have you heard him on my podcast? Like, yeah, I guess you could like use people who've been on the podcast as references. Like, yeah, I feel like they'll be like for references, not like. <laughs> one of them was like, you should ask your dom to like gag you and put you in the corner. I feel like that drive you nuts. I was like, you got it, ma'am. <laughs> Yeah, that would be my, if someone wanted to torture me, that would be how you torture me too. <laughs> I don't even know if it's like, you know, really a sexual thing with me. Like, you know how you say you get those guys that like come in there and it's not sexual. They just love wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's going to be me. Like, it's not sexual. I just really <laughs> want to be in a vacuum bed. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've heard you talk about that too. Yeah. yeah don't worry. The mistress I'm seeing has one. So. Oh, <laughs> well, Sophia, thank you so much for talking with us. This was such a fun episode, and we've never talked to somebody who does your form of sex work before, so it got to be really insightful for us, which is fucking awesome, as always. Hopefully, you can come to Texas or to Colorado after this uh, pandemic kind of blows over and everything's safe again, because we would love to talk to you more in person. Yeah, I am so down for that. I'm going to, um, I'm definitely going to put that into my schedule when the border opens up. This was so much fun. Thank you guys so much for having me on. And yeah, I would love to continue this conversation in person in the future. 
Absolutely. If you guys want to find us on Instagram or Twitter, so you can find Sophia's episode when it comes out, our Instagram is at Candy Girl Podcast and our Twitter is at Candy Girl Pod. Or you can email us with any questions you have for us or for Sophia or for anyone else who's been on the show at Candy Girl Podcast at Outlook.com. Thanks, guys, and we'll hear from you next Friday. Fuck me, daddy. daddy. <laughs>